we're in episode 200, and I was tired before, but then you told me that we were going to record, so now I'm not tired. <laughs> I'm the exact same way. I was like, I could literally go to bed right now. I know. I was so excited to go to bed in 10 to 15 minutes until you called me. <laughs> and now it's probably going to be 1230, if I'm honest with myself. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I, was like, I was playing getting up very early. Uh, man, hey, episode 200, man. This is crazy. Episode 200. I think we should take 200 years of podcasting. So we went through a phase a bit. I think between episode 100 and 150 to episode 180, where we got a little masturbatory, if you will. Is that a word? Uh, Mm. Self-congratulatory. There you go. uh, That's a nicer word. (laughs) (laughs) A little little bit too much on talking about our podcast. But perhaps we should, but I think on episode 200, this would be time for us to maybe just at the, you know, just add this in on the end or add it on a Patreon. I don't care. Um, let's just say, hey, this is cool. Thank you, guys. Yes. We appreciate it. This is amazing. We're not done. No, me and Luke have opinions about stuff we haven't even talked about, like paint. And (laughs) that's about it. Bum, 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 bum. We can't use that song or we're going to get sued by whoever wrote it. Smoke on the water, fire, fire in, in the, the sky. sky. Luke, do you know why there's fire in the sky? Because it's the 4th of July. It's the 4th of July. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. So in where I live, Conroe, which is right next to the Woodlands, the Woodlands has a complete fireworks ban. Conroe doesn't. So there are, from the highway, which is the, the line of demarcation, to my house, which is about a mile out, Luke, I'm not kidding. There are like 20 of those portable firework stands. Gosh, Texas. Every, every land. Outlaw fireworks. I found out that one of my parishioners owns like two or 300 of them. Yeah. And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, man, I just make money like crazy. Hand over fist. People will just like donate one to a school so then the school can just reap all the profits from it. It's, It's a lot. Wow. Okay. Well. I, I always feel like I'm stealing from the fireworks people. It's like 10,000 black cats and you give me another 10,000 for free for $5 sold. I took you to the cleaners and they're like, it cost me $1. So I don't know. But right now, all, my whole neighborhood, every street in my neighborhood is firing like cannonball, you know, like, boo, like the really just crazy. One. How'd it go? I'm not talking sparkler. Boom. Well, one more time for the kids in the back. Did I get it? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Got the whistling ones. Uh, these are not sparklers and black cats. These are just epic cannons of stuff. And it's so funny because all these cars are still trying to drive down the street, and they'll light one, and then a car comes really quickly because they're probably annoyed. And everyone's like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Boom. One goes off. It's awesome. So uh, this will go on. And now that I put my kids to sleep, this will go on for another two hours, maybe four literally, in my neighborhood for the next three nights in a row. Oh, it's it's the worst. Yeah, for our dogs, this is the worst night of the year. We just we just give them a bunch of uh, trazodone, and they're just like, see ya. And then they just are like, trazodone <laughs> for, the, for the rest of the night. And they get real into Marley out of nowhere. They're like, <laughs> shut the sheriff. Deputy. Hey, I heard this guy became uh, Ethiopian Orthodox before he died. <laughs> What if time's an illusion, guys? I'm just saying. 
Rub my belly. Holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> what if God was a she? Huh? Huh? Hey, hey, uh. Hear me out. Don't stop the pitting. What if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Would that be crazy? <laughs> Go behind the ears now. Oh, you know how to like it. <laughs> we just did 20 seconds on a star dog. Yeah. <laughs> on dogs high as a kite. We are uh, still house sitting, sitting a cat. And that cat. What are you not house sitting animals, even though you have people in your family who are allergic to animals? Listen, this is the Christian gospel lived out <laughs> through allergy medication <laughs> and suburban America. Yeah. Give us your tired, your hungry, your furry. So we uh <laughs> your pets we, to watch on extended <laughs> holiday weekends. <laughs> we discovered, Luke, that this cat is also terrified of fireworks. And anytime anyone moves in the room, the cat from whatever hole it is hiding in sprints like crazy to the other side of the room and disappears in a different corner, hole, crevice, crevasse, whatever. It is it is driving me insane. Well, that's uh, ugh. yeah, it's uh, like the Fourth of July. I would imagine, and, and I don't want to. I know people get angry, like don't compare pets to kids. Screw you. Uh, the Fourth of July is just always an interesting time if you have pets or kids. Yeah, because it's just kind of there's like some element of like you just gotta like you just uh, have to like uh, buckle down and pray for daylight. You know. The bunker worst part, down, bunker down. That's bunker what down. I was going the for. worst part is when your kids are in parades. Because <laughs> you have to go to the parades? Yeah. Yeah, you have to go to the parades. You have to go early to the parade, you know, in South Texas where it's a bajillion degrees at July 4th. You have to go early to the parade to get a good spot so that you can spend time staring at your kids and cheering them on the longest. Then your wife has to go extra early to get your kid to the parade staging grounds and in order and all that stuff first while your kids are melting down and one of them has generalized anxiety disorder sure not going to be a problem for us except for the night before it had a random freak thunder and lightning storm that went all night long and i have not been asleep since three o'clock in the morning are you serious uh huh oh dude and you want to add one more thing to the mix i didn't really i misjudged this is, this is classic stupid me. You ever drive, like you're, you're driving somewhere and you're just so frustrated. You're like, I'm just going to park here. And then you realize, well, I added like a mile to my walking. <laughs> like, I, I don't know where the store is. Where is the Apple store in the mall? It's the only time I ever go to the, the mall. Where's the Apple store? I can't remember. I'll just park here and walk in. And you're like, well, I'm in this Dillard's and uh, here's a map here. And, oh, it's the literal opposite side. Maybe I should have, you know, driven around a little bit to see where the entrance was. So I do this all the time. So I parked at the mall and thought, oh, it's just across the street. We're sitting with all of our friends, the McCarthy's and the Muckenthalers and the Joneses. We're, we got all the, the Lamberts who listen to the show. We, they're right across the street. This is going to be great. No, they're on. They're like six blocks away. And I've got two little boys, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. The three-year-old at one point just gives up, starts crying, and sits down. And I'm like, we are power walking for the next 15 minutes. Get <laughs> up. I just, and then at the end, I, I get there and we're all set up. And the boys, uh, thank God, the one thing I can't rely on, I could today, they did not have to pee at any, mo- oh, any time. Oh, thank God. Anything. They always, Thomas, literally, I'm driving him 
driving him home last night, and I go, why are you wet? He goes, oh, I peed myself. <laughs> I'm goes, like, in the car? You have never done this. He's like, well, listen, just- it was either pee in my pants or pee on your car floor. What would you rather have me do, Dad? Like a gentleman, I peed in my pants. <laughs> Well, Thomas, you are you're a brave you're a brave soul, very considerate. Thank you. Now let's strip you naked and change your clothes. It's funny how like Ugh. how much like toddlerhood is like college. <laughs> like, listen, Gormley, I'm going to puke on your carpet, or I'm going to puke in your chair. What do you I want? Choose, I choose puke in your chair. You can always get a new chair. You can't get a new Someone needs possible. to take off my clothes so I can change out of these urine infested pants. Adam, it's your turn. (laughs) (laughs) Whose turn is it tonight, fellas? You all draw the short straw. Take them off. (laughs) Have you ever beat your pants after drinking? No. Oh, I one time I did it. No. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) Okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. I had had a bit too much to drink. We had gone to the bars and we walked home like smart gentlemen. Go on. And I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm going to the bathroom and I'm like, oh, I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, doo, 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 I love being in my twenties and single. And then all of a sudden, I just have, I notice, holy crap, I'm just not even paying attention. There's just urine all over my pants, <laughs> like all over my pants. And I was like, oh no, Luke, wait, okay. this is an all new <laughs> low. Context here: Were you at a urinal? No, I was in the bathroom in my house. Oh, like in the house that me and you shared? No, 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 no. I'm oh, sorry. This uh, this was not. In, this was like post college. This is oh, okay. Full so when you were an adult in your twenties, yeah. This Go is on. like full on like twenty seven year, um, years old. Look, your life is not my life. <laughs> I was just like I was I drink a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> I'm on my phone. I'm on the Twitters. <laughs> I'm talking about U.S. men's soccer, and I'm covered in my urine. 2011's a fun year. <laughs> <laughs> this is the year of Luke. Everything's coming up, Millhouse. Oh wait, I just peed all over myself. Never mind. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, this is sad. I'm gonna get my ice cream and sit in my car and start weeping. <laughs> it's what oh, I. Oh man, I think I told the story on this podcast before, right? Were you peeing on yourself? No, the one where I just grabbed a bucket after like a girl I was I'm talking to. It like wasn't working out, and I was just like, "This is some girl. I forget her name." Uh, we met on a Catholic match, and we were on a chat. It's like towards the like the very end of my time out in Amirica. So this is like spring of, of 2011, and I was just like very excited about this girl. She was very cool, and I had been through the ringer a bit with some old with some of my relationships as I am wont mm. to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that had been a very exciting year for you know my dating life, and uh, I was kind of emotionally exhausted. And we were, like, hitting it off, and all of a sudden, she stopped responding to my text messages. And that's when you know. That's, like, the first sign of, like, uh-oh. And I just knew, and I just went and grabbed the thing of ice cream and sat in my car and played some music and just started sobbing. Uncontrolled. <laughs> <laughs> just sobbing. I was what, just, were you, what were you listening to? What was your soundtrack? Uh, I, I'm trying to think. It was probably just some stupid, like, because I went through a phase, like, I didn't it listen. was dashboard confessional. It, I don't think so because I hadn't really done the whole like let's start going back. So I, I went to this weird on um, the music thing around 2008 to 2009. Where I didn't listen to any old stuff. It was just like my um new stuff that, but it was all my um it was all my um nerdy stuff that I liked. 
then I didn't listen to anything in 2010. So I have no idea. Like I was listening to it. I was listening to it 2010. They played this on Spotify the other day. I didn't know any of the songs. I didn't listen to any um, new music that that year. So it, it had to have been just something. I bet you it was probably like it was probably something like a City and Color album or just um, something that was from that or like a couple years earlier that no one knew. Wow, that was a strangely specific walk through your musical yeah, history. Right. Thank you. Okay, then let me I'm daring to ask another question. What was the flavor of ice cream? Um this is the sad part. Okay, so it was when I was Was it a, a gallon or a pint? It, it was a gallon. So you, okay. <laughs> so you have to remember, <laughs> at this point in time, I'm working in like a house where we have a bunch of like uh Asian kids that don't live there. So I can't process emotions in the in the house. Uh, just so everyone is aware, the Ping story was at the same house, but there were no kids in the house at that point in time. It was before everyone had moved in. So, totally fine. <laughs> so, um, oh, meet the kid. Oh, meet the kid. Why are you so sad? It's because you're so fat. I'm <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> uh, when, Kung, when like Kung Fu Panda would come on the TV, they'd go, but the kid, that's you. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd be like, uh, shut, shut up, be nice to the people from, um, what you call it, Taiwan or, um, you know, yeah, where the mugs from. Republic of Taiwan. Yeah. <laughs> what's, it, what's it called? Tibet. Tibet. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> they go, no. Okay. So, okay. Anyways. <laughs> would they really say no? Yeah. <laughs> I would go in there and be like, free Tibet and hold up my fist in the air. And they'd be like, no. And I'd be like, you guys are horrible to them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so high school kids. Yeah, they would all tell me that they 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 love the idea of God and they respect that we believe in God, but they don't think that they're like, is it God? That's because you're brainwashed. Um, And they're like, whatever, we're rich. Um, (laughs) You absolutely are. Um, Okay, so anyways, uh, so the ice cream tub was from like like we would always have ice cream for people's birthdays. And it's yeah. one of those like things you buy at um, a Costco. It's not even like a carton. It's like a tub. Oh, like the big yeah, it's like a plastic tub. tubs. Yeah. And I think it was like sherbet or something. And there was a, like a little bit left. I was like, whatever. I'm going to the car. I just need some alone time. <laughs> so I'm eating out of one of those tubs, probably with a plastic spoon, with sad music playing in my, in my car. And again, I didn't um, drive my car. It just was parked there. And I'm crying because what was her name? I can't remember her name. I mean, this is so sad. I can't even remember her name. There's so many. Yeah. You went to Austria with her. What? Yeah. Oh, how about that? Yeah. She was friends with uh, Caitlin Martini. I, re- I do remember that. And so I'm just crying. Cause, you know, and, of course, I was right. She met some other dude at a wedding. And that was the end of that. And then they got married. And she just didn't say, like, we're done. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I met someone. No, this is great, but I, I need think, to move yeah, on. like she. I have to remember. This is like a Saturday night. I mean, I don't, I don't. Okay, I don't remember any of these these specifics. We don't have to go into it, Luke. I just wanted to know the kind of ice cream. Well, no, I want to process. I want to try to remember what happened. <laughs> you couldn't do it because the damn rich Chinese kids, <laughs> the godless heathens, won't let a poor man eat ice cream and cry. Stop in his room because they'd be like, "Why is Mr. Carrie crying upstairs?" <laughs> if if you're crying in your bedroom, like you could have quietly whimpered, but it's not what I do. Cr- if you're crying is anything like the noises you make in Alaska while taking an ice cold shower, <laughs> everyone would have heard everything. Can you just tell everyone what I, what I sounded like? <laughs> 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 
You because the shower is so cold when you put it on. Yeah. It's cold the setting, and there wasn't it a real there wasn't a strong fan in there, so it just no, kind of no. like it <laughs> takes your breath away. And you can and I'm down. I'm in the same floor. And that was my shower. Same floor. I could hear every breath, every labored breath of Luke. And then that's when I told him, yeah, no, you can't physically endure a cold shower while living at the bottom of the mountains in Anchorage. (laughs) You have to kick it up a little bit just to get to near. That was really bad. It was like freezing. I mean, it was. And it was people. It was one of those rain shower spigots where there's no escape unless you're all the way against the wall. And it's falling on your head, your shoulders, your yeah, back, your front, oh. all at once. That that reminds wow. me. Did you send a thank you card to Teresa? Uh, not yet, we but are. Teresa's coming. I'm gonna it's send coming. her a. Yeah, uh, I do that I'm gonna well. send her a fracture. Do you have her address? Uh, on my phone, I believe I do. Okay. Yeah, we are the worst. <laughs> it's only been like a week or three. Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, gosh. Um, We're sorry. Our original thank you note. Was lost at John Wick 3. <laughs> we, uh, we were so, like, we even said multiple times, remember, we're going to do a thank you card. We're going to do a thank you card. We're going to do a thank you card. <laughs> Luke, I promise you I will do it first thing tomorrow. This podcast. No, no, because I, I want to do one. I mean, I need to do one as well. This podcast is built on, like, a mountain of good intentions. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and it has paved our way to hell. Do you remember that one time when I was like, I think I'm going to get up at, like, 6 a.m. every day and just work out the podcast for a bit. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> I mean, some of us do. Anyways, did I answer all of your questions about me crying while eating ice cream? Yeah, Sherbert. Okay. Sherbert. Yeah, who's Sherbert? That's all it was. What was that? Hey, uh, Sorry. Hey, ask me what I did while my wife was taking a nap today. Uh, what did you do while your wife took a nap today? Man, Luke, I am so happy you asked me that question. Mm, I went on the van. It's going to segue, people. I went on to Vanguard.com and started my first Roth IRA with $1,000. I have an IRA named Roth. 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 My, my goal is to put $50 a month in until I can put more in. There you go. That's great. It's just the thing. I was reading this book, and the last line is like, listen, the worst thing you can do is read a bunch of books and do nothing. At the very like, least, you've exposed me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Luke in a cold shower in Alaska. I'm all exposed and breathing hard. Wear uh, some ice cream. I need to get out some emotion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And so I, I just I just was like, okay, I will do it. I will do this thing. I don't even know if the – see, my thing is I paralyze myself with analysis, analysis paralysis. I'm totally that guy. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is going to be great. I'm going to learn a little more. And then I'll read something. It'll be like, no, you shouldn't do that. And then I just freak out. I'm like, okay, now I need to research all of these options. And then I just lose it. You let the great become the enemy of the good? Uh, I let, this is what you should do, become the enemy of. uh, What some crazy mom blog says from 2006. Yes, yes. I am the kind of guy who gets suckered. I was get suckered by marketing hype. I'm the guy who sent away when I was 17 years old like $400 to get access to an exclusive list of auction cars so that I could get a 
sick drug dealer's vehicle for cheap. <laughs> little did I know, little did I know that once I get this elite package that lists all the different auction sites, that I would never read it <laughs> and do anything about it because you come to find out that car companies go there who buy rental car or buy uh, car used cars and they go and they buy it and they will outbid any uh, individual. And I'm like, well, it's not like I can fix. I'm, I, I can't do a fixer upper. I don't know how the hell to fix a car. I had this so, great thought the other day that I do uh, stuff like that. Um, our new because I'm getting obsessed with investing as well. And I think our new obsession with that is just like we, when we were obsessed with um, uh, with Clash of Clans. But this thing at least is somewhat more productive and a better use of it's our money. It's going to make us money. <laughs> like we're spending just as much as we spent on that game. <laughs> Hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, we oh are broken people. We are. We are. Maybe this next purchase will save my soul. <laughs> Maybe this next one will, will make the game worth it. They're moving so fast now when they work. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that about Clash of Clans. No, I started playing so late after you guys that I was like, well, I'll just spend like 20 bucks and catch up. $120 later, <laughs> I'm still way behind. And then I was like, screw this. And I stopped. I ignored the game for like a day. And I came back, and my village was burned to the ground. And I was like, "Well, done with this forever." Yeah, and I was maybe so I could get back into maybe. I was so into <laughs> it. Then they updated it, and so they ruined the thing. And I was like, "I'm done." Oh man, I bet you the thing they ruined. A lot of veteran users left, but it onboarded more newbies, and so they just did a cost benefit and said, "If we lose a thousand, but gain two thousand, we win." We're good. Kind of like how I'm, how I'm gonna, uh, how I. That's uh, how I view like our podcast now. I'm like, <laughs> so what if we lose people who just don't want to hear us talk about things that matter or are relevant? Yeah, and we've got that seek bump that we're still riding. Yeah, <laughs> and people, just to let you know, we still have one more entry for our July donate to Patreon. Uh, we're looking for ten, the first ten people in the month of July that donate. Me and Luke will give you a call, maybe separately, maybe together. We'll give you a call and walk through it. Um, and walk, or, and, and th- walk, walk through it. Walk and thank through you. It. I literally <laughs> saw a sign that said, okay, so it was like about the horrible stuff going on in my life professionally. And it said, you walked through them, the walk through the meeting with this person. And I was like, oh no, my notes about sad stuff. Oh God. And I, sorry guys. Luke, you want to tell them what we're doing for the month of July? <laughs> That's okay. So for the so the first ten people to uh, donate at any amount during the during the month of July, we'll any amount, a, any amount, we'll get a, um, a thank you call from me and Gilmore because I use the word and instead of or when we did this last week. So and we're gonna stick to our word. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, yeah, so anyways, that is at patreon.com slash CF. I believe we have, there's one more on person. Will you be the 10th one? Patreon.com slash CF. Clip art.
Give me clip art. Give me clip art every day of the week. Maybe some of those fonts that you used to get in PowerPoint. So uh, <laughs> if you want some really cool Catholic stock images from, from a group of people who want Catholic media to not be terrible, to not suck, to be beautiful, and to actually have artistic standards, have we got a site for you, Catholic stock. Gomer. Tell people about what Catholic Stock is. Catholic Stock has one goal, and that's to give Catholic creators the tools they need to make quality art and content for our church. We don't want Catholic media to suck. So here is a way for you to let it not suck. And here's what the good people over at Catholic Stock are going to do are going to do for you. So here's how it works. You create your free account, and then you go and you go, holy crap, I want this beautiful image of a person praying. So you go there, and then you can buy these tokens that will, that will allow you to use these images. Have they got a deal for you? If you type in the passcode FOXES, again, that passcode FOXES, you'll get 20% off your first token with the passcode FOXES, catholicstock.com. Thank you to Catholic Stock for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. Gomer, we have a good episode here today. Yeah, we do. We did an awesome thing. We got Haley Stewart on the phone. We were able to talk with her. We conned her into a full hour. We only had 40 minutes, and she loved us so much and kept talking for a full hour and she was great and then we hung up the phone with her and we wanted to talk about how awesome that talk was and that conversation and in my head the whole time i'm thinking luke i can actually tell people about a future episode because it already happened not a fake future episode where gomer tells everyone everything that we're going to do and it never happens see rick warren um so <laughs> super excited about that see propaganda super excited yeah, about seriously. that seriously <laughs> oh man his manager was annoyed with me no, i'm just kidding i don't think it was yeah true. yeah but um so then afterwards you said hey did you see my tweet and i said what tweet i, I haven't been on twitter uh, ish and uh yeah <laughs> both Rizzoli and i know that is a lie <laughs> <laughs> A lot of tweet when it's about work stuff, and work stuff needs podcast. Anyway, <laughs> so the tweet that you had was, will you tell me? No, 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 don't tell. The good audience will listen. And here's the crazy thing. You tweeted it, and then we had a whole discussion over it, and I was kind of shocked at what you said, of course, uh, as always. <laughs> as is tradition and, here. As, as, as we are exhaustingly aware of. <laughs> but then... But then people outside of our circle was like, I am so happy Luke said that because it's everywhere. And I started hearing stories, good people, from people in far-flung young adult ministries that are dealing with the exact thing Luke was saying. And they said the only way to fix it was to burn the whole ministry to the ground and reboot it, reboot it completely. And we're gonna talk. You, you people, are, you're gonna you're gonna hear what Luke's what Luke's tweet had to say. And then next week we're gonna have Haley Stewart, uh, our interview with Haley Stewart, as episode two hundred and one. And if we're really smart, we'll record an episode. We will record um next week, and then have um one in the bank for when we truly have an emergency and can record. We'll be good to go. Hmm. Who thinks that's going to happen? Someone <laughs> raise your hand. Nope, yeah. no one? Okay. <laughs> no? It's a sea of emptiness? That's yeah, fair. we totally need to do that because in July, we're going to be in St. Louis doing Catching Foxes Live on July, I think, 23rd. And that's super important because I'm going to have sexy vacation time with my wife, and I won't be able to edit a show. So we need to have one in the bank. Luke, well played. See? Pachoo! <laughs> 
did you did you see the tweet that I put up today that everyone's responding to? No, I didn't, Luke, because Drizaldi shamed me into hopping on Twitter from time to time. On he sure did. He sure did. And I so, loved uh, it. I have been doubling down on uh, keeping all my posts to a minimum. Young adult ministry in a nutshell. Everyone is screwing each other and nobody's talking about it. <laughs> wow, that's horrible. It's true, though. Is it? Drives me. Oh, absolutely. Here's yes. It is a thousand. So what caused me to, to post it was was I had I uh, had a conversation with another a Catholic speaker. Oh, again, I'm not going to say who, but she totally agreed with me on this, and we were just I'm talking about it, and I was like, you know what, this has got to get posted. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I got to get this out there. I'm like, this has been going on since. I mean, I started to notice this in our like early twenties. And it just, there's this trend, this thing that happens, and it's absolutely 100% unreal. Or no, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that it's, like, true across the board. But I think, generally speaking, most of the young adults who, you know, most people who would identify as being, like, young adult Catholics are way, are way more sexually engaged than I think a lot of people think. Huh. I wasn't way, expecting way that. I was not expecting that. Yeah. So you're it's, saying it's, I keep throwing all my young adult events at bars and people are just coming, hooking up and leaving with each other and No, I don't think that's I, I think there's really one of two things that are that where where it tends to happen. I don't think you're having well, okay. Um so obviously with the invention of uh uh the or the continual growth of things like hinge, bumblebee, tinder, Grinder, your grinders, blah 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 blah. Like now, hookup culture is just so fast and common. I think when we were in our early twenties, so here's okay, here's what basically happens, and I have seen this repeated in um, different parts of the country over and over again. Uh, it tends to happen, especially with like you know Catholic women, um, maybe about like half a year to eighteen months after college if they don't get married. No, again, this is not always the case, but I have just like seen this. There's a pattern that I've seen here a lot. Um, they tend to get in a relationship with a guy, and now this could be just they're going on dates, they're like hanging out, or they're or they're, or, but like there's like something going on where they're hanging out with some dude who's not Catholic, and they feel under pressure to either uh, have sex with him, or it kind of like um, they're whatever insecurities they have tend to like tend to like manifest themselves that way. And that's how they try to like, you know, um, they uh, try to like validate those insecurities or try to, you know, because it feels good or something Yeah, with, with a lot of um, Catholic dudes, you don't typically have the, I'm dating a non Catholic girl. Sorry. So I, I decided to do it. I mean, that can be the case. I don't think you have as much of, the pressure, it you know, ten, it tends to manifest itself more in terms of, um, uh, you know, they tried to be chased during high school and college. Had a, they would like have like seasons of it, but they never really quite found the healing that 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 they needed to really you know like like uh, they didn't really find the freedom in that. Okay, it was okay. more they just um gritted their teeth and they bared it as opposed to like okay, well now I'm. You know, I'm developing these good habits and these virtues, but now I'm finding like, you know, the healing I need. So I don't. So I'm not trying to dress. I'm not trying to use things like like up sex to heal emotional wounds. Um, that doesn't ever happen. And so then they get into like a serious and you know intense relationship, 
and they're also horny and they want to have sex. And so they end up, you know, they like they um, uh, give in a little a little bit more and then they, they like end up having sex. I, f- I found more often than not with girls, it tends to be faster. Uh, but with guys, it does it does eventually happen. Not always. So, but it tends to be. I, I think if 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 we were to do like a survey, we would be shocked by the stats. Hookup culture definitely does happen. Just add, just like add alcohol as well, and it does. But I'm saying that this is more like. Um, I don't think it's. it's I'm, I'm not saying that people don't care, or they're not, or they're not trying. It's just that you add in a whole bunch of wounds. You, you know, add the culture and you just add a lot of isolation. And I just think you get a lot of people who are doing a lot of stuff and it's causing a lot of wounds because what happens is in the culture, everyone's open about it. But within within Christian groups, you aren't going to be as open or it has or it has this like shame element to it. So then it becomes more of an addiction, I think than it does for other people because it's such like an isolated thing. And it, be- it becomes almost this thing where like they like medicate as a- with that stuff as opposed to a thing that they do. And it's um, I've seen this happen over and over and over and over again. Wow. I, you know, like obviously I know that that is happening to some degree, but I just keep thinking of all the kids who come to the young adult groups that I connect with. And I think like, I think one thing that keeps them from why maybe women give into the sexual side of it faster uh, versus the men is because the men who are actively going to these things, number one, they're already outnumbered. I don't know if your numbers are similar to mine, but for every one man, there's like three or four women. Yeah. yeah, It's always two to three at, at least. Yeah. And then, so you'll have these men and if they're, going to these groups they're already kind of the most practicing catholics that anyone knows who are men right like typically if you're a practicing catholic and you're a young adult you need young adult support you look you're you're more active and hey at saint stanislaus we're gonna have a young adult group meet up you're you might go to that if you're devout in your faith and you're single especially if you're single and so i think that that might be why like for a lot of women yeah, my friends going to this thing will gravitate because men tend to be a lot friendless a lot more often. That maybe women who aren't as committed find themselves there. And I also think there's a lot of fear. The type of man who's active in his faith might be more afraid to lose his virginity or afraid to make those old mistakes again. So maybe they hold out longer. That's interesting, man. No, um... What about, what about Sorry. fear... Like, I, I, I often think it's it's kind of like fear plays the role of not doing a thing until alcohol and loneliness break down are bigger than the fear of sex. And then once that happens, it's kind of like a dam is broke. I don't, I don't know if it's fear. Like, I think it's just more desire. I mean, it, it, it could be. I, th- I, I really just think it's ultimately desire for intimacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it could be like fear of being alone. I mean, that that could that could definitely be part of it. But I, and I'm trying to be really careful here. So like, yeah, um, I, I'm um going to I'm going to do my app. So everyone who is like hearing this, I'm doing my absolute best to not make anything obvious. Okay, 
So I want to make that very clear. There's a lot of people who have, over the past, you know, gosh, so we've been out of college since 2006. So over the past, you know, like, you know, past like 13 years now, who like who have like shared their who have shared their story with me, and I want to respect that, and I want to respect a lot of. So I'm going to really be careful here. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's just one reason why. Yeah. Yeah. No. But I, I. It. It just. It definitely. No. Sorry. I, I wasn't trying to imply that you are. It just definitely like. I. It just breaks my heart because when I see when I hear every like just this continual talk for like what are the strategies we're gonna do to like reach like like reach like young adults. I'm just like fuck your strategies. Like they're dying. They're dying. They're freaking dying. Like they're dying inside. Their souls like. I kind of compare it to a little bit. This is like a really dumb analogy, but I th- but I think that it works. I love in Harry Potter how in order for like a Lord Voldemort to like not die, his soul is ripped apart whenever he like kills anyone, and he places a bit of his soul in some like object to keep him alive. And what it does is it just like dehumanizes him to the point where he's not even like he looks more like a snake than he does an actual person. And he can't relate to anyone. He can't touch anything. He can't connect. He has no feelings for anyone or anything besides staying alive in his own power. That like that's what our sin does to us is it tears us up and it ultimately de like de like humanizes us. And this is what it does to these young adults to the point where like, you know, it's hard to. Like, I've experienced this because of my own life. Like, it's hard to, like, have intimacy with another person. It's hard to not be horribly selfish. It, like, it tears you up. And it, like, destroys you. And there are consequences to this stuff. And, like, I'm living with them. You know, there are times when I've thought about, like, I've just told Aaron, like, recently, like, how much of, like, a selfish asshole I feel like I am all the time. And I can't help but think, is this because I didn't really take the time to, like, live for anyone else? But myself, while I was dating, and that would, and because of my insecurities, and that, uh, and that uh, manifested itself in my like, all my relationships were ended up me being were just me being horribly selfish, and like this has consequences, and I I just feel like we just don't talk about it at all. I mean, I, I have like you seem pretty shocked by this fact. No, it's not that I'm shocked by what you said. Like young adults in general, yes, the way you kind of came out it in my head was our young adult groups are a meat market. Yeah. It's what it feels like. Like I, I instead of a place where people get together once a week and play Frisbee golf, I, which is, I think it, it, yeah, it can really get to that point. It, it, it's, I, I think the good outweighs the bad ultimately, but this is like the dangerous, like underbelly of it that it does tend to destroy things and does ruin relationships and does cause a lot of damage. So how would how, I mean? Then what? What's the first step? You have to name it. Okay. You have to name it and claim it. Like you have to call people out. Um. You know, and I failed to do this. I have completely. I have heard things, and I, you know, and I have failed to do that. And quite often, the only time these things would come out would be after the fact or just. Um, you know, a person I'm wanting to share a thing that had happened to them as opposed to like, oh, what was happening right now? You know, uh, and it like I've heard stories about like uh, about like some of my friends that I really wish I had said something. I really wish I had said I heard this. What the hell? You know, and Do you think they would have received it. Is that the first step towards healing? <sighs> um, I mean, probably not. 
I mean, like some, like you know, there were some people that like it. it just, I mean, it, it depends if I've earned the right to be heard by them. Yeah, you know, and and this is totally different. Like, I'm not saying, like, I really do think this is um, different for practicing Christians or Catholics because you're trying to live life a a, a a certain way, and this gets done in hiding. So it becomes this weird, like you're not hot or cold, you're lukewarm. Yeah, and so. It's almost like it'd be better if people just knew because at least you were in the open, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. If, I, don't, I mean, I could be totally wrong. People, I, I don't know what, like, the psychologically, like, right answer is. But I, I've, I've even talked to, like, I talked to one um, psychologist about I was like, do you think, like, this is a problem? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I totally agree with you. This is not good. They're trying to, they're ultimately trying to, like, find love, and they're never going to. Yeah. With what they're doing. And it's not. Um, a matter of just like, well, I just need to control myself. Like, it's not a matter of like keeping your almost um, zipper on, unlike zip that's going to counseling, trying to find healing, going to SA, like really having a hard, like having hard conversations with yourself and like I'm um, with your friends and about what's going on in your life. And you, you have to be willing to like say it to someone. And it's, it's tough because like, how do you say, I try to hook up with, you know, blank? How do you tell that to people? That yeah. can be really tough when, like the cult, when like your group is trying to quote unquote not do those things. Yeah, that's tough. Like we, like we're basically treating each other like prostitutes almost is what it feels like at times because it's just like I need this, I need to get my fix. We're drunk or we're hanging, you know, or like oh whatever. I'm gonna I'm going to use you for this thing that I need as opposed to having a real like relationship with you. Do you think this is the relationship intimacy side of the coin that the Zygmunt Bauman tourists in look of experiences instead of pilgrims on a journey? Like I do. Pilgrims on a journey imply like there's a destination between us. There's and we are going on a journey together. Whereas tourists seem to imply like I'm going for an experience here, an experience there. I want to hook up here. I want so you do. You do think that's the the ugly relationships? Yeah, I I I think it's just it's um I mean it's in like kind of like a weird way. It's like a weird a mesh between that and the one Balthazar quote that it brought up a lot recently. I guess about how if you're open to the possibility that life has meaning, you can't help but be overwhelmed by the meaningless aspects of our culture. If you're trying, you can't help but be overwhelmed by, like, what the culture is saying is the right thing to do. And when our culture has this, like, I'm a liquid aspect to it of just going from, like, I'm going to go to thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. And, it like, of course we're all screwing each other. <laughs> like, we've been brainwashed to think that this is what's the right, this is what I need. Yeah. Since the time we were children. We've seen uh, we've like seen, like movies and we've heard songs and we've played games we've done all these things that imply this is what this is the right thing to do this is just how um, relationships happen and so how it's like how could you not I, I just I I don't know man it really has me worried because I just like like when I put it up there and I the like amount of people who are just like like the amount of people who are like yes absolutely or the, or the amount of people who are like no this is I'm not a problem just like I. I mean, I can't remember, um, again, I'm not going to name um, names, but I was talking to a girl who lived in a part of the country where there was a vibrant, like, an adult thing. This is not anywhere that I lived. And uh, she told me how they had, like, a 
church event thing where the joke was what do they call it? It was like call like a maps called sorry, on the mass blank and ass or something like that. So they, it was always like people would go to mass, they would go to a bar, and then people would end up um hooking up that night. Ugh. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, this is what happens. And people are trying, you know, and I don't know, but just, I was kind of, I had this like same reaction of like, what? And it, um, yeah, this is like two, yeah. So, and, and this is a, like a while ago when we were in our, our um 20s. Am I am I being I'm vague enough? Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, okay, good, good. Because I'm like should I? Of like anyone you would know. No, no, should I? <laughs> no, no, you would have no idea. Um, so it uh, no, no, this this was a girl who was uh, decided she was not into me after I thought she was. Um, it was fine. Then I thought we were friends, and I like started to like email her and like text her and then i got a huge email from her saying you need to get over this and i was like oh never mind i, I read that wrong i just thought we were friends and like never got back to her again <laughs> i just deleted it oh that's so funny yeah, i love we're... cross signals <laughs> yeah was so, i honestly was just like well we'll just be friends she thought i was not over it and i was like i barely know you um so yeah it um it's tough man Hey, Gomer, do you know who I forget about all the live long day? Gen Xers. And how. Good night, everyone. Wait a second, Luke. I wish there was a way to make fun of both millennials and baby boomers while yet still being Catholic. Can I do that? Oh, you're in luck because there's such a dearth of Catholic fun stuff that the people from the, from the Catholic card game have no choice but to keep making kick-ass content. So they have a new expansion pack called Generations Expansion. It's all about everything we love and hate about millennial and boomer Catholics. The Early Bird Breakfast Club discusses blank. The bake sale goes to support... Blank. Oh, this I get this in emails all the time. I cannot support blank because of its support of blank. <laughs> uh, cards inspired by baby boomers that are printed in larger fonts, so no need for those cheater glasses. So <laughs> that is so funny. I was wondering that. I'm like, why are some smaller fonts and some huge having the tabernacle off to the side, taking liberties with the liturgies, clericalism, starting the collection during the consecration? Gomer's just going to read every one for them, so you won't <laughs> be surprised so by anything here. Allow the kids to be surprised by buys some of this so if you want to order the, this from the expansion, if you, if, let the kids be surprised so if you want to order this expansion pack go over to kickstarter.com type it in the search bar type in catholic card game and you're going to be able to have access to 54 brand new cards with the catholic card games generations expansion Starts fights with other Catholics, <laughs> thinking I'm so profound. These are the millennial edition. It's crazy that this is the um, seventh expansion of, of the game. So anyways. I know. That's awesome. Uh, they have done such a good job with this game. It is hilarious. And this one's for you, Jose. Yoga to the Sorrowful Mysteries. <laughs> there you go. I love I'm a it. broken man. There are so many more cards I didn't even touch. So, yeah, Catholic card game, the Generations expansion. Fundum, it's going to be awesome. Love it. And, oh, and it runs until the end of July. So July! Up the month of July! I, I, I just wish we would... I, I don't know. I, I could be wrong. This is just... It's like on my heart. It's been on my heart for... I've, I've been dying. I was dying to do stuff about this when I was in the adult office. But I just feel like we hadn't really reached a point yet where I had people's trust to be able to, to talk about it. And then you abandoned them. 
I know. No, and it, truly, it's just the one thing that I'm like, oh, if I honestly wanted to give a talk called everyone's screwing each other and nobody's talking about it. Because, one, it just grabs your attention. <laughs> but two, like... <laughs> kind of like the just, title of your dating talk, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it's, but it's, it's not just this thing of, like... Here's the thing. It's not just, like, the good-looking people who had, like, a, a conversion on the late, late in life. Like, that's such a bullshit lie that, I, that like, I used to buy into. You know, that, like, no one wanted to hook up with me. No one wanted to be with me because I wasn't I'm good enough. So I was just, I would settle, and it just, like, and then, like, that's a problem. I wasn't finally healing that I needed, and so that's why it kept happening, ultimately. Jesus wants to heal you. That's what I want to tell people. Like, Jesus wants to heal you. He doesn't want this stuff. Not, it's not about not doing stuff. It's about being a free and complete and whole person. Jesus wants to heal you of this right now. He's like, he wants you to find healing. He wants me to find healing. He wants Gomer to, like, he wants all of us to be healed. He wants to reconcile this to himself. And he wants, like, he knew that we were going to do this stuff when we, you know, but he wanted these young adult communities to, to exist anyways because they're so good. And they're, and they're like, so, um, and they're so unneeded. But if we don't talk about this stuff, it just gets, like, it, it comes back to bite everyone in the ass. Everyone. Everyone. You cannot escape from this stuff. This, there's no getting over it. Now I'm ranting. Say something. How about this? Imagine I'm one such young adult. Okay. What would, what would you say to me? I mean, I, I think you, the reason why I ask is I felt like you started doing that, right? Like, Jesus wants to heal you. Like what? How would you have that conversation with someone? I'm just like I know, like I've been there. I know why we do this. I know what the. I know how empty it feels. Maybe I'm not like the day of. I know quite often like the day of, but like two to three days later, I I know I know how hard it is. I know how like that kind of zone you enter into where you just like you just almost like aren't yourself but you are uh, you are yourself and it's just like this is a part of myself that like uh, i can't ever really be so i have to like it comes out and like god wants to be there and god is there and and it's not about hmm. god wants to you to find healing for that specific thing and he wants you to be healed and to, and to live in that healing and it's it, like we don't have to fake this you know we we don't like he truly wants us to be like chase individuals who can love profoundly who can have good who can have like sex can be a good thing like God wants our homosexuality, even when, we're, even when you, you know aren't unmarried, to be whole and good. And it doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't mean that's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt. But it can be really, um, really, I'm um, really good. And like, um, healing is actually possible. And it's not just a thing you have to endure right now. Like healing can happen right now for this. It doesn't mean that it's that it's going to be easy. 
or that it you know would be instantaneous, but it can start right now. We just have to admit it. Like we have to, and we have to be willing to say like this is going on in my life. We have to have people in our in our lives who we get the weekend. I'm talking about this with, who aren't going to judge us, who aren't going to um, like who understand both what we are what we are striving for and why it's so difficult. Also. And I, just, I feel like I'm kind of turning into like the like old teacher guy who's like, "Kid, stop doing this. You're gonna screw up your life." But like, you're quite literally gonna screw up your life if you haven't already. Like, this is going to damage your marriage, guaranteed, hundred percent. Oh, Luke, Luke. So this is what the bishops need to be talking about. I mean, I just wish when they talk about like what do young people need, I wish they would just understand that. Like, I wish we would understand. I wish like. I wish we talked about this more, that, like, the, this is what the culture of death has done to people, that it has happened. It's not about the threat of what it could do. It's that it has happened, and we are all living in, like, the post-apocalyptic um, um, wasteland of that, of that culture. Like, the damage has been done. And so what, what else do we have to do but find healing? Because it's done, it's happened, it's done, and it's continuing to happen over. It's now it's just like a cycle. It just happens over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And for like some people, it only manifests itself uh, uh, um, once a year. For some, it's you know every day. For some, it is a season. But like until they find that healing, it's never really going to go go away. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm just why because like why are you such a downer? But here's the thing is that, like, healing is possible. Like, we've seen people go, th- go through profound healing. Like, we've experienced profound healing. You know, like, we know that healing's possible. Like, it is so possible to get up off of your mat and walk. It is so unbelievably possible. It's more possible than we can possibly imagine. Possible, possible, possible. <laughs> so many possibles. You know it's true. I just, I always fear because... And I guess you could say this truly is fear talking. So you have a young adult group that is successful and it's meeting and it's a meeting regularly. You have the diehard Catholics who are not willing to compromise, but who deal with loneliness or are socially awkward. We all have those people in our young adult groups. I and, and I feel like the only thing that's going to win them over to Christ you know, is to let them know you're in this for the long haul, but so rarely are they. You know, that's one of the biggest struggles with young adult ministry. It's a revolving door of mm-hmm. participants. And even when they're regular participants, they're not consistent weekly or monthly. And so you, the big struggle becomes how can we build something with these people that last when they would rather treat church and treat community and treat each other like a fleeting experience. Well, I, yeah, I, I think like we, you hit it um, right on the head. Like we apply the um, liquid um, modernity idea to the way we approach our, our young adult ministry or like what we want out of it. You know, like this is why I get really not, not upset, but like the one thing I don't agree with Baron on, and I love Bishop Baron. I really like Brandon Vaught. This isn't against, this is not me being like, this is like just a thing that I'm like, I just really do not agree with this. Don't go after the nuns. Like, heal the people that are there. They, they're broken. They're so broken and they're so beautiful and they're so good. And they're such, like, 
they're amazing and they're dying because the culture has fucked them up so badly from the time they were children. And I just feel like they're just bleeding. Like they're like hemorrhaging from the inside and they're the woman who just needs to touch the garb of Christ and be healed. That's all that they need. That's all that, that's all that they need. We just have to bring that to them. That's what the church does. And instead I feel like we're taking him away because we just don't understand what's going on. That's that's kind of, that's a crappy analogy. But. Well, okay. So let me let me walk down this path with you. The nuns are Bishop Barron's focus. So the statistic for every one young adult that enters the church, uh, I think he said five or six leave. Yeah. And so he wants to focus on those who used that's to be Catholic, low. but call yeah. themselves the nuns. They're no longer said- anything. And he said that's where he wants the entire, like, energy of the church should be towards going after this group here. And you're saying, no, go after, and I'm going to coin a new one, buckle up, the sums, the people who are there sometimes, who are putting in some effort into their faith, who are at least present, whether it's mass or young adult group. Yeah, or they're all the time. Like, the, the, yeah. like go after the people, yeah, who are there, who are, like, they need healing. And quit and- assuming that they're fine. Exactly that. Yeah, that like they're just they're like because they're not. They're yeah. not fine. They're not. And like, I, I keep telling people within evangelization, the the group that keeps me most like literally, I wake up at night and sketch plans out and pray for these people and think of things that that could you know reach some is the people that I care that I think the new evangelist is most geared towards is. I mean, obviously, it's everyone, but the idea of those who come between once a month and once a year, and they, because there's something within them, even if it's just a guilt trip from grandma that keeps them showing up, yet at the same time, there's something that keeps them from ever consistently showing up. And so my heart is, they are the closest thing to low-hanging fruit we're going to get, You still obviously, and this is the problem in the Catholic Church, we don't preach the gospel regularly. We assume that those who are there are fine, and you're trying to tell us they're not fine. They need profound healing. They don't even know half the time, most of the time, if not all the time, that they themselves need profound healing. And because we don't ever preach the gospel ever, 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 or extraordinarily rarely, the people who are coming regularly don't hear it. And especially the people who rarely come don't hear it. Mm-hmm. So my my hope is the people who come all the time hear it because they come to something that I'm at. Because I preach the gospel at everything. I use everything as an opportunity to preach the gospel. But then on top of that, I mean, you're right. Like, I can't presuppose that they're healed just because they're here. And... I- and this is not an issue of behavior of a modification either. So it's right. not like here's how to be chased. I think that there's that's good. Like I love what Matt. Fr- I love hearing a Matt Fred talk. He's one of the first speakers I ever heard who gave practical advice of just like here's like some steps that I mean, you should take. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. This is incredible. Yeah. Um, it's that proposal that Jesus actually wants to heal them. The people need to hear. We need to preach. We need to preach Christ, and then make things. I'm available for them to be able to go to to find that healing. And that's where you can do some of the behavior of modification. And like, that's where you have the counseling. That's where you have all this stuff. But like, um, 
I, I like I just want to tell people like I know what you're doing. I know what you're confessing. I've been there. I was you. I am you. Like I, I, I like I've I, like it's not like I'm completely healed from the stuff, but I've you know, Aaron's been such a such like you know like so amazing. I, I tell me I'm worked through a lot of this. Like, um, like who's around the nuns all the time? It's these people. This is the group that's around the nuns all the time. And if we really believe that man pays more attention to witnesses than he does to teachers, imagine what would happen if these people experienced the true healing power of, um, if, of like, um, Jesus Christ. If the, the, those inside um, wounds of theirs that were just helping, that they were those bleeding them to death, if they were able to touch his garm and be like instantly um, healed and experience intense um, healing, from I mean, years of like of sexual abuse or just all of this stuff. Imagine what that would do to the world. Yeah, you can't fake that. You cannot fake that. I can't tell you how like the, you know when I went to an, an integrity restored session with uh, with uh, with Father Sean Kilcally, the freedom that I that I heard just from him proposing that God wants us to be healed from this you know pornified culture. That like we need that healing in our own lives to be able to talk about, and then and then he did go into like the behavior stuff, but the first half of it is just all about because we did like a day intensive. The first half is just all about like the charisma and like the you know Christian the Christian proposal, if you know he will. Oh man, I love everything you're saying. It is balm to my soul, Luke. Do you ever feel like going after the nuns is a manifestation of popularity as evangelism? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's what Baron wants to do. I think he really has a heart for that. Oh yeah, totally. I I, I don't doubt his um a sincerity. I, I I just uh um because my my thing that always gives me pause is why do we keep running after the masses as if that's the solution of the church? Like we're not like we're not f- people are leaving the church in many ways because they are not formed. In all the different ways in the church. They are not like fully Christian. And so when difficult time comes, times come, they don't have the resources to fall back upon the hope that endures. You know, when difficult questions come or the culture shifts, they don't they help they're 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 toolless. There's no there's they open up their tool bag and there's like a book from, you know, or a, a book of quotes from their youth minister from and, you know, 2005, and it's not enough to sustain them in college, or it's not enough to sustain them in the real world, or to sustain them mm-hmm. through loneliness, or through cancer, or through whatever. And I, and I feel like we, I don't know, it, it, it's bizarre, because I, I feel like we're chasing after numbers, like, oh my god, now it's five to one ratio, that should really scare us. And it's like, yeah, but we haven't been forming people, like, they're not disciples who are here. So why were we playing a game as if, I think it was you that said one time, now the church is, like with all these people leaving, we're, the church is actually getting to its real size of what it always has been. It always has been these like 5, 10, 20% of people who are actually disciples, and then the rest are just the culturally approved, culturally conditioned people. And I also like I wonder, like, when we use like how well people have been formed, it's all intellectual stuff for the most part. So think of how many like people we've known, like we mean like all of like our listeners, 
um, that went to the Catholic college that were like a part of the youth group that were the ones doing the chassis talks in the youth group or like, you know, or whatever, who had a kid out of wedlock or who this stuff like happened to. And it, it happens all the time. I mean, all the time. I think it tends to happen. You know, there are times when you're just horny. I get it. That's just a part of life. Like, I'm not saying that, like, every time a person has I love has that you say sex. horny all the time. Yeah, no, it's true. But, like, no one wants to talk about that. That sometimes people just do it because the, the, because the bloods are going. And, you know, and all of a sudden it's just like, whoops, now that's there. Um, and, but I think, that, like, again, the culture has conditioned people to do that stuff. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, like, there are times when it just, it's not like me trying to dress like, you know, a father wound or, you know, the fact that, you know, oh, whatever happened to me. Right. More often than not, it is when it's like a persistent thing. That's what's going on there. Um, but I, I just don't think people are well, I don't think they're well formed because they're not healed. If they were well formed Catholics, they would have profound healing that they could point to and to talk about. Most of the youth ministers out there aren't really ready to be a, a, um, a youth minister because they haven't experienced real healing yet in some pretty profound areas. If the USCCB could just hire us to run everything, it'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Gormley, <laughs> consultant extraordinaire. Ugh, such a shit show. That's why we all need Bob Schutz, and we should get him on this show immediately. From Be, be Healed or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, man. Everything he's doing... Is just moving me more and more into his orbit. I love the man. Well, this is why I truly believe, like, the Lord is trying to heal people. Like, this is a season of healing within the church. God has always wanted to, God has always wanted to heal. But now it's like, well, why, like, why is this healing a movement? Why is this going on? Why is this so common? Well, it's because everyone's pretty effed up. And it's getting pretty bad. This is, like, all I want to talk about ever. If I could have, I, I, yeah, my only regret in being adult on ministry is I could not just, I just, I had, I had, I had we, we were just about at the point where I could start to uh, talk about this stuff. Yeah. And I just, my yeah. one thing that I'm like, oh man, we, we've even talked about just like, just doing it anyways. Like just, I'm talking to some people about like, let's just like do this talk. We'll just find a place to do it. We'll just invite people. I'll tell people that this is happening. And we'll just see who shows up and just do it. Nice. That would be cool. Because I like, I truly, like, I am so effing passionate about this. Um, mostly because, I mean, because I was this. Like, I, I was this. I was this. And I'm having to live with the consequences of this and what that does to a person. And I know what it's like. And I was there. And I just, like, heard the stories. And I saw it with my own eyes. And I experienced it. And I just, like, um, it, I, I think that's part of the reason why when I hear certain talks or hear certain things from the uh, the um, um bishops, I'm just like, you have no idea. You have no idea. Everything is wonderful. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. <laughs> Everything is awesome. <laughs> Do you believe that Jesus really can heal you? Yeah. Like, did you always really believe that? Like, no. Like, when did no, 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 no. For me, the hardest thing, uh, I became a fanatic for the virtue of hope because I felt absolutely hopeless, absolutely hopeless because of the porn and because of my bad, re you know, not bad relationship, but the, 
the difficulties of dealing with my shit growing up mm-hmm. became such an obstacle to me that there were elements of my brain when I was in high school that actively entertained uh, I, what I could only call is flirtations with the idea of suicide because I was like, I felt like there was no way out and it was like another year would tick by and it's the same me. I'm this, I'm, I'm getting fatter. I'm getting lonelier. I'm getting more consumed by pornography and I'm looking around and I'm saying, well, my friends are too. Like, they were in high school. We were all admitting the same things. I was just an internet nerd and was ahead of the curve, unfortunately. Um, but we, we were all struggling with this. Now, I because all my friends then, when I moved to Texas, were all a part of a youth group, we never talked about it. So we were all suffering, but we were in solitary confinement kind of thing. And it wasn't until you start going to enough retreats and events where you are now admitting, you know, at a Steubenville Youth Conference, you're admitting publicly that you looked at pornography by raising your hand in the air, and you look over and your chaperone is doing the same thing, and that makes you uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> Didn't need to know that, Ted. <laughs> really, Ted? Really? <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I have a crazy asthmacaric story, but keep going. Sorry. We'll, yeah. No. We'll come back to that. Okay. We'll circle back. But the 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 experience of, like, hopelessness is a very scary thing and i was at a youth group event where a kid who was legit suicidal and not that he was healed from suicide but like he wanted he was suicidal because of these things and then you know eventually over time these things changed but he just kind of talked about what it meant to be suicidal and i never and, and when i say this stuff like flirt like I never planned it out. I never thought, I just thought, I can't, I can't do this anymore. It'd be better if it was, like, I used to think, like, I'll go to confession, then walk out and get hit by a car. Like, that's the only way God can mm-hmm. save me. Mm-hmm. And I heard uh, in college, other people, this one dude was a sex addict, and he that, would yeah. talk about, in tears, he would say that. And I was like, I used to pray that that would happen to me in high school you imagine if the Lord answered my dumb ass prayers? Like what, what that would have done to my family, my parents, like, Hey, the Lord answered my prayer. He killed me after confession, but you're, you're limiting the cross of its power in that moment. You're saying, God, there is nothing else for me other than this, unless you rain down fire from heaven. And that's not how God works. And I think the problem is number one, Whatever, I'm not going to do the list thing, but it, it it was very real. And when I heard an actual person who struggled with suicide, I realized, number one, okay, that's not me. And number two, oh, my God, though, I see what he's talking about. And that is what started me searching for hope and understanding what hope is. And the first book I bought, um, honestly, at the Catholic bookstore that we found in Houston that I go to all the time now was the book of Joseph Peepers on hope. And it meant the world to me. And then I would listen to these Scott Hahn lectures on the theological virtues. And I would listen to the one on hope like a million times. That, because it's so hard to live without hope. Yeah. Yeah, real hope. Real hope. Not wishful thinking. Not ignoring the problems and hoping they, and, you know, like pretending that they will go away. 
but like being like this is based on something bigger than me and who never changes like god god can make a way god can make a way i've seen him do it in other people's lives god can make a way yeah so i want to end with the story of hope go for it um so i was talking to megan mastriani over the weekend love uh, her if you, if you, love yeah her. she's one of my i just uh, she's one of my favorite uh catholic catholic speakers to talk with she's just i love her whole family to her own brother tom her sister in law i just love all they're good great. people great good people. yeah great 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 so we're talking and um she goes i've got a mccarrick story and i was like you have to tell this you cannot just drop that bomb and we'll and i walk away so she was on a retreat like about a, a month or two after everything happened and and um she works for the archdiocese like out in um out in philadelphia I was waiting for you to drop one of your lines. Um, Philly! <laughs> you son of a bitch! Um, <laughs> Michael Joseph! Michael, Michael Joey! Michael! Michael! That's what my um, mom would say. And then when my mom was really pissed off, she would go, You son of a bitch! And I would start <laughs> laughing, and then she would get ten times angrier and smack me. Give me a fucking cheesecake, you son of a bitch! Go, go get me a hoagie! <laughs> Go get your Uncle Phil. What? Uncle turn into Bel Air. <laughs> I pulled up through the house. <laughs> oh, okay. So anyway, okay. So I'm talking to Megan, and uh, she Never was happened. having a real hard time after the whole like scandal thing happened and the report. Yeah. And we were I'm texting a lot, to trying to be like, how, you know, like how you doing and blah blah blah. And I could t- I knew she was one of the ones having a hard hard time. And so she goes on this retreat, and it's. Apparently, it's just like like her being there was one of the most um, random things. Like like where she went it was just so under the fact that she went, the fact that like where she went, all of it totally random. Then this break thing happens, I guess, very um random, and then she goes to this um random place. So it's like a random of a random of a random of a random. Pulls out these books, just grabs this like um one book for no real like um reason. Opens it up, sees this passage that's just like incredible. There's a card right by it. She takes out the card and goes, holy shit. It's McCarrick's ordination card. (laughs) And on the bottom, it says, please pray for me. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? The bottom of his ordination card that she's on this retreat at this place because of stuff that he's done. She finds his ordination card on the bottom and says, please. And she like still has it like. I saw it. It's crazy. It's crazy. And when I, and like the minute I heard that, I was like, you know what? I'll probably still make a few Uncle Ted jokes, but I'm praying for that asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> like that, like the fact that God is moving and wants to move in McCarrick's life, that he wants people to pray for him. Wow. That was just like, holy, like God wants us to pray for Ted. Lead it, Luke. And like, so, yeah, let's pray. Let's pray for Ted. And the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, Heavenly Father, uh, we come to you on this 200th, like, episode of this thing that you've decided to bless for some reason. We, we don't know why. Um, I would just want to pray right now, uh, oh, my gosh, uh, for all of the young adults that I'm listening to our podcast, that have listened to our podcast, uh, that we have been in contact with, just all of our friends over these past 10 to 15 years, all of people that we have 
uh, that we have like ministered to, uh, we just pray for healing. Um, you can't escape the uh, the culture of death. It came for us all, and it devoured all of us. But there is hope because there is Christ Jesus. Um, I pray that this podcast, I pray that each other, I pray that like everyone that is involved with this, people who listen, people who support us, that we can be at once both the person who is like, I'm lowering our friends on the, on the stretcher to Christ. And we can be the person in that, in that stretcher. And that we gaze upon the face of the Lord as he says to us, get up from your mat and walk. And I just pray that, especially um, for people who really need it right now, Lord, that we have the courage to get up off of that mat and walk. That uh, we can walk again. That we can walk out of that despair. We can walk out of the pit that we have been sent into. And we can find true healing, Lord. We can actually not just find it, but like that we can live in that healing. We pray especially for Ted, Lord. Um, he needs you. He needs you right now. I don't know what he's doing or where he's at. But I know that he needs you. I pray for his conversion. I pray for forgiveness. I pray that he can forgive whoever has hurt him. And I pray that he can beg for forgiveness from others. I pray that he finds justice, Lord, and I pray that he finds an even more abundant, an even a larger abundance of mercy. Uh, be with your son, Ted. Be with your priest, Ted. Let him know that he, that he is loved, that hope is real, that God is real. He chose to be a priest. For whatever reason, Lord, he chose that life. Um, there's got to be some good there. Help him to find that good. Help him to just encounter this. Help him to encounter the face of your son. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Not so good at the long form prayers. <laughs> Theodore Edgar McCarrick, born yeah. July 7th. 1930. The first line of his Wikipedia page. Theodore Edgar McCarrick is an American laicized bishop, former prelate, former cardinal of the Catholic Church. Ordained 1958. Yeah, so. that's what the card said. Theodore E. McCarrick. It's crazy. Oh, wow. On the bottom, just that's all it said. All it said, it was in it was in italics it just said please pray for me so ted if you are listening sorry about the stickers we're praying for you bud i'm not really sorry about it but <laughs> yeah no no if you have that. a sticker pray <laughs> yeah. a memorari for him yeah but not really <laughs> uh hey 200 episodes man i love you i love you luke this is incredible. This has been everything I could ever hope it could be and more. Hey, here's to like six more. 
do it. <laughs> until, until, until like one of us is part of a horrible scandal, we'll just keep going. <laughs> you mean another scandal? <sighs> yeah. All right, in five, four, three, wait, 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 two, one, one and a half, one and three quarters, go.